Hello and welcome to Corbett's Comments. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as I share biblical exposition and commentary. I truly believe that God's Word is one of our greatest helps as we live for Him in the world today. And so like the psalmist, let us agree to hide His Word in our hearts that we may not sin against Him. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett. And today I want to share a word about assuming risk as I comment on 1 Samuel 24, verses 1-22. through This passage reads, And it came to pass, when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of all Israel, and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcoats, by the way, where there was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Paul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him, because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words, and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave. And some bade me kill thee, but mine eye spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe, and kill thee not, know thou, and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee. Yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but my mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, Wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog, after a flea. The Lord therefore be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass, when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I 
rewarded ye thee evil. And thou hast showed this day that thou hast dealt well with me, forasmuch as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. For a man, if a man will find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good that thou hast done unto me this day. And now behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. Swear now, therefore, unto me by the Lord, that thou wilt not cut off my seed after me, and that thou wilt not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swear unto Saul. And Saul went home, but David and his men gat them up into the hold. Have you ever thought about the old saying, I only bet on a sure thing? <laughs> well, the person who says that must never bet on anything. Because when you bet, nothing is for, is, is for sure. Life is full of risks. And we often must assume risk so that we can achieve something important or even something just useful. David took a risk once to try and resolve a conflict, and he modeled behavior about assuming risk that we can and we should emulate. We see this behavior in our text for today. We begin by looking at David's situation. David was caught in the middle, and that's never a good place to be. It's never good to be caught between a rock and a hard place, either metaphorically or physically either. As a chaplain, I once visited a soldier who had been pinned between a dump truck a bed and a wrecker. Uh, it crushed his pelvis, but had the pinch point been a little higher on its body, it might have cut him in half or even severed his spine. Yeah, you know, it, that's bad. Maybe slightly better than that would be to, caught be to be caught between two fighting animals, but being caught in between is not good. In this case, David was caught between God and Saul, and he was as totally innocent as any frail or limited human could be. He had done nothing against Saul, and he had not asked to be king. You see, that was God's idea. And he was not responsible for Saul's jealousy either. Uh, we've probably all heard stories of a boss who becomes resentful of an employee because that employee was very successful and it threatens the boss. It can be a dangerous thing for all concerned. And in this case, David was definitely in danger. Saul was probably mentally ill. He had tried to kill David before, and in this case, Saul was hunting him down with an army. David was in a difficult situation, but David also committed an offense. See, despite his current state of mind, Saul was God's anointed. God had chosen him, had set him apart, and therefore he was due honor as king. And despite... God's uh, rejection of Saul and Saul's sin, God had not yet replaced him. And to dishonor the king was to dishonor God. And David should have honored the rank, if not the man, as the saying goes. In truth, David was just being flippant. Uh, there was no useful purpose in cutting off part of Saul's robe. 
His only purpose was to embarrass Saul, and that's not a godly action or a godly attitude. In this case, uh, David was sort of acting like the man who paid his child support bill with a wheelbarrow full of pennies. You've heard those stories. Uh, he was childishly acting out of arrogance and spite. Now, to his credit, however, David did realize he was wrong, and he restrained his servants. Even better, he did not kill Saul or allow him to be killed in that cave while he was taking care of his business. And David also repented in his heart. And this resulted in David's confrontation. Repenting of his own sin was not enough for David. And he could have stood pat. He could have protected himself and his followers. But if he did, however, a chance to repair his relationships with Saul would have been missed. The children of Israel would have still been divided. It would have been like using duct tape to close a rip in clothes, but not repairing the tear properly. An open wound would be left to fester in the kingdom. And David could not abide that. So David confronted Saul. He took a risk. And it is highly risky to confront an unstable person. Even though David had evidence of his own faithfulness to Saul, and even though he pledged his loyalty and honor to Saul, uh, this whole scenario could have ended badly. Saul had been searching for David to kill him. And Saul might have capitalized on that opportunity because, God, uh, because David did give him an opportunity. You see, David uh, marked himself as a target for Saul and he called the shots onto himself and also his followers. David, however, felt it was worth the risk to do the right thing for Saul and for God. Blessedly for David, Saul's response was for a change, rational and humble. He recognized David's righteousness and that he had treated Saul like a friend and not like an enemy. He also recognized David's right to be a future king and that David would honor his word. He left David in peace and returned to his palace, if not to a place of peace with God. So, after this experience, what would David's counsel to us be? Well, if David was with us today, I think you'd have some words of counsel for us. First, he'd tell us to be sure that our attitudes and actions are right. He'd say, don't hold grudges. He'd also say, don't be sophomoric. Don't be silly. And he'd also tell us to be willing to assume risk. In this case, Everyone concerned benefited from David's willingness to take a necessary risk. He did, his troops did, the kingdom did, even Saul did. And I think David would also tell us to be wise in how we assume that risk. Don't back someone into a corner. And be sure you have proof if you need to have it. Also, it usually doesn't pay to embarrass someone needlessly, especially your boss. It doesn't pay to embarrass someone intentionally, especially your boss. Finally, David would encourage us to be confident in God. God is our ultimate Savior and our ultimate protector, and He will be our guide if we seek His wisdom as we assume risk. The bottom line is that David was willing to assume risk to resolve the conflict with Saul and to do the right thing in service to God. Are we willing to do the same?
Before I go, let me share my new book with you. Seminary taught me to be a pastor, but the Army taught me to be a leader. I would like to share how God melded those two skill sets in my new book, Decently and in Order. It's available now on Amazon in paperback and on Kindle. If you want to know more about effectively leading teams and events, check out Decently and in Order on Amazon.com. I believe you will find it eye-opening and helpful. That's Decently and in Order by Otis Corbett. Thanks for taking a look. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon to comment on more scripture that we can consider together to help us in our everyday lives. Every blessing. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett. Thank you.